welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs lost a series in Canada, but they were 15 and 15 in August. And I, I'm pretty sure that's the first 500 month that the Cubs have had in like eight months, which is absurd. Home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, getting ready for Labor Day over here. You can find us by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review and rating if you like the show so that other people will find the show. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs. I write about why the Blue Jays have a ridiculous home field advantage since nobody who is unvaccinated can travel to Canada and more at Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I am joined by my co-host and podcast partner in crime, Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? Oh, well, I'm laboring a little bit extra to get ready for Labor Day. You know, that's how it goes. You're supposed to get the day off, but instead you just do double the work on the Friday before just so you can <laughs> take one day off. So that's where so I'm true. at. But but um, it, but the Cubs had a day off, which that was kind of nice yesterday to just like, you know, slow our roll on the season, take some stock of things, relax a bit. You know, there's been a lot of baseball, a lot of baseball. And a lot more to come, to be honest. Whole nother month, but. Yeah, the Cubs had a really busy August. There were very few off days they have been. And it showed, like, as we get into these games, you will see the bullpen is super gassed. Like, Wilson Contreras' ankle needed an off day. Like, whoa. Like, there's just a lot of things going on here that it's kind of like, oh, an off day would certainly help that. Uh, they have an off day. They had an off day on Thursday. We're recording this on Friday morning. But they also will have another off day on Labor Day on Monday. So maybe they can get some guys healed up and ready to go. I, I find it weird that they get like two off days in five days and then they went like 30 days without an off day. I don't know who does the schedule, but I hate it. Well, it used to be people and the people were people and they did things that were, you know, mostly smart uh, by being smart at, and good at what they did where the people were good at making a schedule. I feel like what they've done is they've given it to a computer and an algorithm and they just spit out a bunch of crazy crap and the people you're looking at the schedule and next year's the same you're going to look at and be like why are there two off days in one week why do we go from milwaukee to uh, los angeles back to philadelphia then back to san francisco in another week like you're going to ask yourself these questions for until some people look at it and say this is crazy why are we doing it like this labor day it's a holiday. People are off and there's no game. Like that's yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's totally absurd. It's absurd. I, I don't understand. Um, so anyway, that's where we're at. I either. I, I don't know. I, next year's schedule. And we haven't really talked about it in the show, but it is insane. What happens? It, we're done well, with the Cardinals about it. in July. I mean, we're done with the Cardinals in July. It's, there's it's no more games. That. Well, so, no, no. I, I want you to do your Cardinals rant, but I just want to say it's not only the card like being done with the Cardinals in July in, in an attempt to equalize the schedule and make sure that every team plays everybody each year so that you no, no longer have these skews where like the NL Central played the AL East. So they had a harder schedule than whoever played the AL Central or whatever. And the AL East had an easier schedule than whoever played the NL West or whatever. Uh, they have equalized that, which is helpful. But in doing so, I really think it's going to expose the competitive gaps between these divisions in ways people are not prepared for. Like, I, I really feel mm. like whoever wins the NL Central or the AL Central next year might be a 500 team or slightly lower because they no longer get 19 games against the Reds and Pirates, man. Like, you don't get 19 games against a Cubs team that is pretending to be competitive. That is a, that is like almost 60 games that the Brewers and Cardinals got for free. 
Yeah, well, and the the division, I mean, the fact that there's three division teams that get in and three wild card teams that get in totally makes winning the division not that special because you just got, I mean, one team gets a bye. I don't know if that's helpful or not. I mean, it could ice you. I'm not sure. But the fact that they're that they've got it set up in a completely different way, and now there's a series instead of a one game play in and stuff like that, they made it so that you can be somewhat mediocre and sneak into this thing. I mean, the Orioles are knocking at the door. They're a fun, exciting team. Is it fun and exciting to see them knock at the door? Yes, absolutely. Are the Blue Jays a team that's good enough to go anywhere in that third wild card spot? Are the Padres good enough? Maybe they are now with Juan Soto, but I don't know. Josh Hader blew up. I don't know. You know, you got these third wild card spots, and they're not, they don't really have the horses in my estimation to go all the way unless they get hot at the right time. But it cheapens the whole season, it cheapens everything. And and you're right, Sarah, when you when you play all these games against better teams than you're used to playing you're gonna be exposed at that point you know we can't I mean we've never won a game at Yankee Stadium the Cubs have never won a game at Yankee Stadium period end of story like in all the years of your Italy league play we haven't got out there that much but we are oh and whatever so I'm just saying, talk about exposed. It's it's already happened. We're just going to see more of it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And and you're right that it's it's going to be weird to be done with the Cardinals in July. Like I, the fact that there's no there's not going to be any August or September Cubs Cardinals games down the stretch. I actually think the Cubs are like cusping on getting back to competitive. I was you know they were showing on the broadcast on the Toronto games. Uh, earlier this week, the last time the Cubs played uh, Toronto and they played against Marcus Stroman, who threw, uh, I think it was a complete game shutout. It was it was a really solid game against the Cubs. But anyway, the they showed the lineup for that game from 2014. So you're looking at a lineup from like September 3rd, September 4th, 2014. And I was thinking about that lineup in comparison to the Cubs lineup today. And that lineup had like Valenka and Luis Valbuena and like Mike Alt and like I just it's just a disaster of a lineup. And I'm like, I actually think the Cubs at this moment in time right now are better than what they were rolling out in September of 2014. I remember those lineups. I remember calling up Jorge Soler and Javier Baez and Cubs fans getting excited. And like, I am, I am not saying that the Cubs have prospects called up right now who are the next Javier Baez or Jorge Soler, but they have more talent with a higher floor in the lineup at this moment in time than they had at that moment in time. And they've got Brennan Davis coming back. He's actually breaking right now in his first starts back in the minors. You've got Pete Crow Armstrong just on a tear, man. PCA looks like the real deal in like a million different ways. You've got better pitching in the minors right now. I think the Cubs are, if you're comparing what they are doing at this moment in time to where they were at the end of 2014, next year could really be like a 2015 style season where the Cubs win 90 games and look pretty solid doing it. All they have to do is add a couple of interesting free agents and be smart. Well, you got to sign John Lester or the equivalent thereof. And you got to, and you've got to um, have Jake Arrieta become Jake Arrieta. So then Justin Seals got to come out pitching his face off for Keegan Thompson or one of them just has to, you know, find some other gear and, and just be unstoppable. And then you could get back to it, but you, you certainly need, I mean, you got Chris Bryant. Wait, was that his rookie year? 2015? I think he got drafted in. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, he, he came up in 2015. 2015. Yeah, he came up in 2015. Yeah. You had Rizzo on the team. You, you know, you had already had quite a few uh, pieces at that point. You didn't have, you, but the you floor had was stroke. so bad, man. Like, 
so bad. Like, Michael. Well, the, oh, yeah. Well, and the, well, the, there are still like arguments. That. No, there was there was an argument in the bleachers uh, years and years ago from our friend Tony, who who was convinced that Mike Olt uh, was better than Chris Bryant. And um, he will never live it down. Like, and he admits his his uh, that he was wrong, but we still won't let him <laughs> live it down. But you know, but so we don't know what we have because you know sometimes you know the Cubs thought Michael might be something too. So you know, the, whatever it it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. We we also didn't know. And if you remember, the beginning of 2015 wasn't all that great either. You had Brian Schlitter in the pen, and you you know they had to piece that together. Then they went on a tear. And finished real strong. Ended up with what ninety seven wins, which is good third enough. For place. Third yeah. place, yeah. That was and when then, the central was good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I get that it goes in like you know cycles and things like that. It doesn't necessarily have to though. The AL East always manages to be somewhat strong. Like they never just go in cycles where all of a sudden everybody's five hundred. So um, anyway, I do agree that we have some exciting pieces. We don't have the stars. And well, we're gonna see it. We're gonna see if they can get the stars, or if some of these guys who are in the minor leagues right now are the stars. I mean, I think there's a chance Pete Crow Armstrong is a star. I think there's a chance Brennan Davis is a star. I think you have to resign Wilson Contreras. There's just no other catcher out there who's available the that you could that you could bring up and be be confident there. I mean, the only person that they could go out and get that I'd be like, okay, this is not Wilson Contreras. I'm still mad at you, but it's it's I'm not disappointed. Is Christian Vasquez, and I just don't think they're in. On Christian Vasquez, but that would be like the one guy that I'd be like, fine, whatever, but I'm going with Wilson Contreras. Um, but anyway, my point is that the, the, the future looks kind of bright-ish. It doesn't look, it's it's not like the future is, is incredible. It's not like the future we saw in, in 2015 where we're like, oh my gosh, the Cubs are going to do great things. But, but it looks brighter than it did in 2014. And that is something to say for sure. Let's talk about these games in Toronto. There were some interesting things that went on north of the border and before we get into the games, can I just say Beth Moens is a national <laughs> treasure. I love her. I loved listening to her and JD call these games and her little comment about the passionate fans in Toronto, some more <laughs> passionate than others was so deadpan and amazing. I think she actually made JD's jaw hit the floor. Like his like, Oh no, you didn't was so classic and great. If you have not heard the clip, uh, you need to go find it on Twitter. It's definitely on social media. But Danny, what is going on? Like, this is apparently a thing. There were some A's fans that got caught trying to like get get some business going on in the upper deck too. Like, two in one week, two people in one week fooling around in the upper deck at these empty stadiums. And, and the Blue Jays stadium isn't that empty. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you know, you hate to see it with if there's like kids around and stuff. They seem totally far- don't do that around yeah. kids, people. It's not cool. <laughs> they seem far enough removed away from it, but you know, I. For should they be prosecuted for such a thing? I don't think so. I mean, it's fine. It, you know, if once again, if there's not little kids around, otherwise it's just funny. They're probably drunk. They got carried away. It's young love. Hell, I mean, I'll admit I've done some things like this before, but you know, okay, uh, I have not. We, okay, <laughs> Danny well, is the adventurous one. Yeah, no, I've definitely done things like this, and I've had a lot of fun, and it was fine because it's all consensual and a good time, and really, and yeah, you sure. know, even though somebody might have seen. Fine. Somebody might have seen, but it was, but it was, we're hiding enough. You know what I mean? 
So I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm all for it. In fact, like I made a joke on Twitter today that I'm, I want there to be children conceived in the stands and I want to know about it. And I'm thinking like, you know, up in the upper deck corner, you know, up in the, you know, up in the corners, like nobody can really see. You. Although you are quite conspicuous, if you're alone and you're by yourself, we can see you more. You're almost better off doing it in the middle of the crowd, you know, just like right in the middle of everybody <laughs> and just like be quick about it and conceive your child. And then conceive a child at Wrigley. And I want to know about it. You name the kid Wrigley. I mean, boy or girl, it works really either way. And um, anyway, I, I just think it's great. Um, just keep it away. Keep it away from the little kids. You know, they don't need to be asking mom and dad what they just saw. Although I was making a joke on uh, on uh, Twitter with you the other day that I've seen way worse at Lincoln Park Zoo at the monkey house. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, to be clear, I no judgment. Like, I think that the New York Post, like, publishing the pictures of these people, like, they're going to be prosecuted. I'm like, one, don't they have better things to do in Oakland? Two, yes, let's not do. prosecute these people. They look like fun people. They look like people who are just kind of, like, hanging out in the people's park and, like, doing their thing. They decided to go to, to an A's game, and they were like, yo, we have all this space around us. Like, why not? And I, I, I honestly, no judgment. Like, that's totally fine. Let's not prosecute anyone. But, yeah, keep it away from the little kids. And also, I I hope this isn't about to become like a like one of those like viral social Challenge. media challenges where the end of the base like it'll be like the cup snakes right remember when like barstool was like oh the cup snakes they're coming for the cup snakes and all of a sudden cup snakes became a thing like yeah. they weren't a thing before they went social media and became a thing i'm worried that this is gonna gonna get an air of that well, I'm not worried. I'm excited for it. So I'm looking forward to the end of the September here. I mean, we don't have to worry about it too much in, in the April months. And, you know, you don't want to get frostbite after all. But and I don't think uh, you need to worry about it at Wrigley at all. That The friendly confines <laughs> are pretty cozy and tight. Like, I I was talking with a friend of mine last night as we were watching this. We're like, we, we're pretty sure there's only like half of the ballparks or places where you could pull this off because the crowds and the confines of some of these parks make it real impossible to do. You go behind like, a pole. Fenway and Wrigley are out. Like there is no way to really do this at Fenway and Wrigley and, and, and be a good person. Like, you know, the Yankees pack their stadium. It's just really not possible. The Dodgers have too many people there. Like it's really not possible. The way the Padres thing is laid out with the Western Metal Supply Company and all that jazz, yeah, it seems unlikely. I am actually kind of stunned that they tried it at the Rogers Center because there's a lot of people at the Rogers Center and like that's that's a true adventure. Uh, well, it's, speaking of tradition, I mean, it used to be that because, you know, they got that hotel there. So the people would be caught naked up in those windows all the time. And that was just like a thing that regularly happened and you'd see uh, on a regular basis that it would happen. So maybe it's just uh they couldn't afford the hotel. So they're like, well, let's go up here in the corner. I, and you know, I would say even the Milwaukee stadium, uh, go up in those Euchre seats. Like you could, you could hide up there. I've been up in those nosebleeds. You could, if it's a, it's not a packed game, I could see something happening. What you could do is lay down on the ground and then you're just hidden by all the chairs. They could have hidden. Nobody would have seen them if they would have been laid on the ground behind the row of chairs you don't have a lot of room and there might you might get popcorn in your hair but like you know it's fine um yeah but Wrigley no not a lot of places I was thinking uh maybe if you had a suite but it'd have to be a private suite but then that's not really like public it's yeah, not, no that's the rich yeah. people way to do this and that's like yeah. I don't know man that's cheating 
Yeah. You can go in the bushes in the, in the batter's eye. <laughs> all right. I, all right. This is still a family show, Danny. This is still a family show. Uh, do I need to put an explicit label on this? I don't think so. I, th- I think it's still okay. I, I think not, this is all I'm stuff you can sport. see on cable TV. I think yeah. this is all stuff you can see on cable TV and we're fine. Hopefully that doesn't get us in trouble. Telling people what not to do. Do yeah, not we're, we're, do anything I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. That's just a general rule for Danny. Uh, there were baseball <laughs> games going on while all of this frisky business was happening in the upper deck at the Rogers Center, and the Cubs were on the wrong side of a lot of the baseball. Although, two, all of these games were competitive, which is another reason I like this team. I am, look, I'm really sorry. I hate throwing rookies under the bus. I'm pretty over Eric Olman. Like, I, every time he comes in a game, he gives up three runs. I was looking to see if there was something like about a pitch or like maybe he's got a great K rate or maybe like something's going on that, that we should be confident about him. And actually there's not, uh, Eric Willeman gave up three runs and basically blew the game. The first game, Manny Rodriguez got credited for the blown save for one run, but it was, it was Olman's fault. Uh, the second game gave up three runs again, basically blew the game. And I look at his, his ERA is five Oh nine. His FIP is 5.62 and his ex-FIP is 5.24, which means that he's actually getting luckier than his FIP or ex-FIP would have you believe. And I, that dude needs to go back to AAA. Keep this Jeremiah Estrada kid up and and we can be done with the Eric Ullman experiment. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a revolving door and that's kind of fine because they're seeing it's fall training. It was what we're looking at, but yeah, that was exciting. I mean, Ullman doesn't have as exciting of stuff anyway as uh yeah i don't know why they're giving him such a big look um but but i will say that it was super exciting to see estrada come up he had the walk and two strikeouts but that's uh not what's exciting is his line what's exciting is that he throws really really fast 98 man that was legit and with movement yeah so that's an exciting and his story is pretty nuts um the fact that he almost died from covid oh i didn't hear that tell me more Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. He almost died from COVID. Um, Maddie Lee and Megan Montemuro had, had, um, both had articles on it and, um, yeah, it was last, he was recovering from Tommy John and, uh, he got COVID and he ended up in the hospital for weeks, couldn't eat, throwing up, uh, oxygen, super low, um, Wow. They That's they were terrifying. like, yeah, no, they, they asked the doctors, you know, what to do. And the doctors were like, pray. And so it was just like, it was so bad. He, was, he admits he almost died. He was unvaccinated and he hadn't gotten the shots because he didn't like them or whatever. And then uh, he changed his mind because he got to come up and, <laughs> and pitch it for the Cubs. So he changed his mind a little bit because they probably told him, hey, we're taking a look at you. You're having a hell of a year, kid, because he. He was great. He's been great in the minors, like amongst he's moved all the way through the system from high A up to triple A. Yeah, he's been outstanding. I am. you know, I was looking at his stuff the other night and it was right after Brendan Little had his debut too. And look, no offense to Brendan Little, but that debut didn't go quite as didn't well. Go, but yeah. Jeremiah Estrada looked, looked amazing. And I was just like, I was trying to like do the masternations in my head. I'm like, what 40 man roster moves would the Cubs have to make to keep this kid up when they go to St. Louis? Cause honestly he looks ready. He looks well, they did very that. good. And I, yeah, I, I am here for the Jeremiah Estrada experience and I am, I am not here for the Eric Willibet experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wade Miley got put on the 60 day, I guess. And I, 
I mean, I was like, so <laughs> like, and, but it, it made it so that you could keep Estrada. So that's exciting to see this kid. I mean, I hope it works out. Everybody was like already crowning him as like, you know, the new like king of the fastball. And I was kind of like, okay, everybody like we had Dylan Maples and you know, that got exposed. Like, you know, like let's just all, it's been one inning. So everybody just like, let's see what we got. This is fall training, but this is the kind of stuff that you want to see these like higher end arms, coming through and then and then you do feel start feeling more of that confidence that you were talking about earlier in the show yeah and and the Cubs need to bolster that back end of that bullpen I know they've been really good at picking up like your yearly bullpen pieces that they can flip and all of that type of stuff but and they've been really good at developing bullpen arms and back of the rotation arms but they they need to be able to develop some starting arms they need to make sure that they keep that train going with the bullpen to make sure that that this team can be competitive next season. I will say, I mean, look, this Blue Jays team is really good. It was nice to see the Cubs stay in these games. They didn't get blown out in any of these games. If anything, they kind of blew the Blue Jays out a little bit in the third game, which which was great to see. But it, but it just was frustrating to watch them lose the first and second games in basically the same way. Like you have a starter come out. Javier Assad had a great second start, five innings, no runs. Only struck out one, walk two. But, like, I mean, that's that's a really solid start from a guy who's, like, what, eighth or ninth on your depth chart wasn't supposed to be here at all. Uh, Marcus Stroman had a great start. It was just disappointing to see a, a bullpen that is completely gassed give those games away. Yeah, well, the bullpen has been decimated because you trade anything worth a damn a- anyhow. And then you can't run the bases still. So you're you're making outs all over the base paths again. You're getting picked off. You're uh, Fran Mill Reyes, like, what are you doing? You're not fast. You're giant. Like, just stay on the base that it makes sense to be on, okay? Like, so I feel like they get extra – they give runs away because then, like, somebody comes up and they hit a single. You don't know what would have happened and stuff, you know. But it's still, like, I'm, how many times this year? Oh, they would have scored that Close run. Close to now 80, I'm sure, now, because it was 75 the last time we counted. Fran Mill Reyes, man, he's gotten greedy. He got a couple triples, and now all of a sudden he thinks he's fast. I'm like, you are still not fast, buddy. Although I, I will say this for the Franimal, because I ran these numbers before the show, and, and Danny, this is pretty exciting. So Fran Mill went deep again in the third game here with the Cubs since he came to the Cubs on August 13th. Fran Mill Reyes is slashing 266, 298, 532 with a WRC plus of 125. His K rate is 26.2%, which doesn't sound all that impressive until you realize that through August 10th with Cleveland, this is what Fran Mill Reyes had been doing, and this is what got him DFA'd. He was slashing 213, 254, 350 with a WRC plus of 69 and a K percentage of 37.1%. Like whatever he has unlocked with the Cubs is outstanding and not just good. It is above major league average and perfectly acceptable for a designated hitter. I really think the Cubs have found something here and I want him to stay on second base anytime a ball gets hit to the corners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I mean, I don't know why they got rid of him. I, you know, I keep waiting for the other shoe to kind of drop. I mean, it certainly isn't like the trying to stretch doubles into triples, uh, it, you know, that got him released. I mean, he's been slugging it. And that oppo homer that he hit, he had two home runs in this series, one of them opposite field. And he just went up there and got this ball that was kind of high and outside and just like muscled it over the wall the other way and went with it. So, I mean, that's, they always say that that's a really good sign when you're being when you you're able to go to the other field. I believe that. I mean, I love the pop that he brings to the team. It's been sorely missed, especially with uh, wisdom out of the lineup. It's. I said this last night on the Sun Ranto show. I just kind of wished he hit from the other side of the plate. Could we? Yeah, nothing you can do about pop? that though. 
I know, but nothing oh, you can yeah. do about that. Um, so I did want to mention this, that I do feel like the blue Jays have a fun team. I, I enjoyed kind of watching what they got. Their hitting is really pretty good. Um, they, uh, I love like that home run jacket that they wear and how they all sit there with their hats and like doing the little thing like that's stuff that only happens when you start to win and then they're having fun. That culture needs to come to the Cubs, you know, at some point. So right now it's pretty rickety. It's like you got all these guys coming in and out. You know, it's it's there's really been quite a churn to the roster. There might be more players that have played this year than last year. And last year was a record. I'm not sure where we're sitting right now, but it's there's a lot of guys. I mean, how many times this year have you've looked up on the mound and be like, who the hell is that? <laughs> you know, I never even heard of that guy. <laughs> and I follow them to the team and the minors, but like only a minor league, like kind of somebody who really follows the minors would know some of these dudes that we've seen this year. Yeah, so, that's a really good point. Uh, the point you bring up about team culture, I want to highlight one other moment from this Toronto series before we take a quick break and move on to the Cardinals series. Um, and that was the Christopher Morrell home run. In game two, game two saw Wilson Contreras hit a home run. Christopher Morrell hit a home run. Wilson stayed in the game, even though he's limping around the base paths. And he said after the game, it was because he really wanted to stay in the game for Stroman. They had a good game plan. They were gelling really well. And he wanted to, he wanted to hang out there. Stroman gave him huge props for that. And and like, look, Wilson, I hope you, I'm glad you got the day off for the game three. I'm hoping you're resting your ankle on the day off and I, and you're, you know, maybe get one more day off for game one of the Cardinal series and then come back strong. But what I loved about this, Morell had been in a huge slump. He's like, oh, for 15. Wilson's showing him like what he needs to do in his approach the inning before. Morell goes deep. And Morell's like, you know, he's Morell. So he's always happy. He's like running the bases. He's doing his thing. He comes through the dugout and all the guys are there. And at the very end of the line, you got Wilson with his with his hands crossed in front of his chest, looking at his protege like, I told you that's how we do it. Right. And like Morrell comes up and gives him this huge hug and Wilson does the thing that you do when you're the vet where he like, doesn't quite, he doesn't really like give him the love back for a split second. And then he waits for it. And then he gives him a hug. It was incredible for the love of God, leave these two together. And it's not just Morrell. He does it with Velasquez. You can see him and Fran mill having a good time in the dugout. Like the, the Latino crew of the Cubs is jelling. And they yeah. have a culture and they have a thing. And Wilson is like in those videos all the time, coaching these kids and like making sure that they know what they're doing. And he is getting through to them and they are all doing better than anybody had any business expecting from a Nelson Velasquez or a Christopher Morrell. Just keep that intact, please, for the love of God, I am begging you. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you. And um, you must have seen the... Uh the the everybody wrote an article i mean it's kind of a clickbaity thing to say and i've been saying it for over a year and i've said it on this show about the cardinals losing yadier molina and it, it's a no-brainer to go after Contreras if you're gonna let him walk well of course the cardinals they need a catcher so i'm just putting two and two together i've been doing that for two years okay so now everybody wrote an article about it and about how it'd be the worst thing ever i'm like well i'm freaking prepared for it because i've been thinking about this because i i'm like why wouldn't it happen so, but uh, if if you let that happen, you dial this 2014 hope way back. If you let Wilson Contreras, like go, specifically, go to the Cardinals, you're I you're, will you're done. You're done. Never forgive Jed Hoyer if he does that. Nope. Like I will. I, the Cubs could win 
five more World Series in my lifetime, and and it could all work, and it could be good, and Miguel Amaya could be everything that everybody thought and hoped Miguel Amaya was ever going to be, and it, and it could all work out. And I will never forgive Jed Hoyer if he lets Wilson Contreras go to the Cardinals, ever. Like, yeah. I will still be a Cubs fan. I will still cheer for them. I will also never forgive Jed Hoyer. And I will always <laughs> boo Jed Hoyer in his presence. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, speaking of the Cardinals, the Cubs are headed there next. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we're going to talk about the Devil Bird magic that we all knew was coming, people. If you are a longtime listener of Cup of Cubby Blue, we called this at the start of the season. We knew that there was going to be some obscene Devil Bird magic this season. And, and it is not disappointed, but we'll talk about that on the flip side first. A quick break. All right, we're back. So the Cubs are projected currently for 70 wins, 70 wins, 70 and 92 season. If they're going to do that, they should just like throw one game and get a, get us to 69 wins because that's funnier. Oh, they'll, and the jokes are better. They're, they're hella good at that. <laughs> they'll figure uh, out a way to lose one of these. <laughs> just keep Eric Olman up for a little while and, and, and then it'll be fine. You'll get back down to 69 wins and it'll be a nice season. But the Cardinals are, are going the opposite direction. And, and I just, ha- I know people, you're going to hate to hear this, but I got to tell you, it's, it's my job. I got to inform you of what is going on. In the universe of baseball, on August 13th, the Cardinals were a pretty good team, sitting at 62 and 51. They were a couple games back of the Brewers. Uh, since then, they have gone 14 and 4. They have a 76 and 55 record and a six and a half game lead over the Brewers. And the Cardinals look like one of those postseason Cardinals juggernaut teams. And we'll get to this in hot hitters in a second. But Albert Pujols, since August 1st, has a WRC plus of 263. He has been 263% or 163% better than the league average hitter uh, in a park adjusted stat. He has eight home runs in that time period. He's chasing down 700. I cannot, Danny. Like, I please no. Make this Cardinal season stop. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to bring up my conspiracy theory about Albert Pujols again. If if you want to go back and listen to the tape of me accusing him of, of or, or accusing the league of maybe turning a blind eye to a few things here and there to help him out get through this rest of the season, because he has found an absolutely different speed. The only thing I will say now is I think it's wearing off because at least in the last week, he's only two for 13, although one of those is a home run. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's. It is the ARP tour. You got, you know, they're they're honoring Pujols and Yachty at Wrigley Field. I mean, it's just that was ugh, ridiculous. I don't know why ridiculous. they did that. You didn't need to do that. You don't need the Pujols, maybe Yachty, absolutely not. And like, I I don't like this. This is not. Yeah, there were no Cardinals honoring Rizzo things. Like, I no, the, absolutely no. not. The Cardinals well, didn't honor John Lester. They went and traded for him. Like, I cannot. Yeah, they would never do that for any of our legends. And good thing they don't even have the opportunity to because we'll never sign any one of them because, you know, let's face it, this is a risk-averse kind of, I don't know. Until they're drafting Cade Horton with the number seven pick, which I'm still, they're like risk-averse except when they're not. They're like risk-averse in all the ways I hate. This front office is risk-averse in terms of signing contracts and not risk-averse in terms of the draft. And it's honestly just, I it's, it's well, infuriating. Yeah, because you could you could blow up and just sign a bunch of nobodies uh, yeah, out of the draft and never develop anything because you took too many risks there. And then if you won't spend money, which, like, here's the thing. The Cubs were, like, pretty high up in payroll for many, many years. It didn't work. They fell to, they said. Well, it kind of did work. They were in the postseason for five years in a row. 
Well, postseason. I do not. I mean, they have not been in the playoffs, in my opinion, since 2017. The Danny, wild card. I definitely went to playoff games in 2018 and 2020. Well, I didn't go in 2020 because there were you no. You went to a play. You went to a tie, a tie for the division game. game. That is a playoff game. And then game. you went to, a, it's a play into the playoffs game. I'm with, yeah, well, this is Michael Cotton's thing. He pointed okay, well, this Michael out. Well, Michael Cotton is wrong about that. Well, now like we don't have you. one anymore. <laughs> we don't have a play-in game anymore. Now we just have the 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 uh, end of the season round robin tournament. So uh, that everybody gets in and the participation trophies are handed out at the door. And so um, anyhow, uh, yeah, the, the getting back to the Cardinals freaking devil magic tour and what they're pulling off right now, they, and they've been beating pretty good teams too. Like, I mean, we played them tough, but they beat Atlanta two or three this week. And then they beat Cincinnati, which is not good, but they beat Atlanta and, um, uh, you know, they beat them in those tight games that you need to win. Helsley ended up with the win in both of those. So those were, I guess, come from behind victories. I didn't look at the box score because I don't feel like punishing myself any further. But um, so anyway, it's just to watch this happen on a year when the Central was completely winnable and the Cubs just decided that they were just going to take a, their foot off the gas and like, oh, we're going to blue Friday. Uh, we're not going to get it. We're not going to put a team together. You know, we're just going to like, you know, I mean, they they didn't try all year. They right. never had the guns. And to watch the Cardinals walk away with this division, who, by the way, Cardinals have won way more divisions than the Cubs, even in this last decade. So it's not like, you know, we're just like own the division for a while. We never did. We won the division twice. No, wait. 16, 17, and 20. Well, 20 doesn't count. And we all know that. Okay, but that's, yeah. Okay, well, it it doesn't count if you're counting it to break the Dodgers World Series drought. It it does count if you're counting it for winning the division. There was a trophy. Look, I I remember David Ross saying, if they're passing out a trophy, I want it. And that's that's how I look at 2020. It's not their fault there was a 60-game season. Yeah, they they all batted 200 and took the Central. It was awesome. I (laughs) I do find it funny, though. That was the first time that I realized exactly how much weaker the Central was than everything else. Because that was also the year that, like, all of the Cy Young candidates came out of the Central. And and it was not because, like, I mean, look, you Darvish. Darvish is great, but like you, Darvish was pitching against the Reds or the Pirates, and and that yeah. made you, Darvish, look like Superman, right? Well, like and then I, the Marlins came in and just they had their way with us, like it correct. was, you know. So it was we had no business even being up there. So I'm just saying this team did not have any kind of sustained success. They let the Brewers come from behind a couple years in a row. They let the Cardinals have the division when the thing was weak and it was for there for the taking, and they didn't spend any money. So like I'm just saying, like hooray for like this kind of hope that we have but i'm gonna need to see some of that hope like you know that hopey changey stuff you know the, yeah, are you suggesting to, that barack obama should run the cups well i mean it certainly would be better than what we got i mean so i don't know i i don't know what the answer is they need to spend money in this off season, and you know if they do something ridiculous like empty the farm for shohei o, uh for shohei otani um which that's another rumor going around. I mean, I don't know who would do that, but don't. well, I, I know. I mean, I feel like two ways about it. I'm like, can we have our farm system and have Otani? Like, that's why I'm, you know, that's like the, the, you know, I'm, that's we got kind of to this point by emptying the farm system for some guys that didn't pan out. So I just am like, I don't want to see them repeat that. And they're like, oh, we have a farm system. We deplete the farm system. We have a farm system. We deplete the farm system. I mean, I feel like the difference between, 
what the Cubs and Astros did and the Astros sustaining their their competitiveness and the Cubs not sustaining their competitiveness is that the Astros kept a lot of their farm intact and developed some guys who they could have as as theoretical replacements for the dudes who walked away, right? So like when a Correa walked because you couldn't come to a free agent deal with him, you had a guy in-house in Jeremy Pena that could play shortstop credibly for your team and you didn't have to panic about that. Yeah. And you see George Springer still playing pretty, pretty well uh, up in Toronto. And, you know, they got a replacement for him, too, because the Astros aren't they're still right there, aren't they? Are they in first place? The Astros are, in my opinion, one of the elite teams in baseball. Yes, they're not only in first place, but like if and Danny, we haven't talked about this yet. We'll talk about this as the postseason gets closer. I sort of think of the league this year as there are elite teams, there are competitive teams, and then there is a vast bottom. Right. And the elite teams are like the Dodgers, the Astros the Yankees, maybe the Mets. The Mets are kind of a cuspy elite team at the moment. Uh, The Braves show signs of maybe being like an elite team at times. But like those elite teams are playing a fundamentally different game than everybody else. The competitive teams are like the Padres, the Mariners, the Orioles, the The Blue Blue Jays, Jays. the Cardinals, the Brewers. Like that's a competitive group of baseball teams, but they're not, they're nowhere near the elite teams. They can't compete with the Mets and the Dodgers of the world. Well, the thing that that's getting back to the Cardinals who are about to face, and we're trying to preview, I guess, in this moment, but you know, to, to bring it back to them, I feel they got a lot better. They got a lot better. They, they added pitching. They added Q who's been doing great for them. They added Jordan Montgomery, who we're going to see in this first game against them again, who pitched a Maddox against us at Wrigley field. I mean, they, and that's what it's going to take in the end. Uh, do they have the bullpen to work it out? I don't know. Helsley's kind of helming the back end of it right now. I'm not sure that they do, but they certainly have the offense. We saw that at Wrigley Field. Oh, my God. Paul Goldschmidt is, you know, going to be the MVP. They got Arenado on the other side. So, I mean, you've got the slugging. You've you added the pitching. You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe they are more elite now. Can we talk? about what the Cardinals gave up for Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Cause I agree with you. Those are two elite bats at the corners. Goldschmidt's the MVP. I mean, I I'm going to bounce down to the hot hitters before we do probable pitchers for a second, just because we're at like, this plays really well right here after Albert Pujols and his 263 WRC plus eight home runs. Paul Nolan Arenado in that same time frame, his WRC plus is 215, 115% better than league average at creating runs, nine home runs. Paul Goldschmidt's at 209 nine home runs. That is an offensive juggernaut. And the Cardinals gave up Luke Weaver, Carson Kelly. That was the Goldschmidt trade. And then they extended Goldschmidt, Austin Gomber, and some dudes you've never heard of. And they got $50 million for Nolan Arenado. That is absolute trash. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. It's devil magic. And there's, there's your small market team figuring out how to do stuff like that, but the Cubs can't do it. Like, Give me a break. Like how, you know, what is this just something that the Cardinals can do and we can't like, how can we not make these deals? I don't, well, we didn't. We remember we almost tried to remember. We almost tried to trade Chris Bryant for Nolan Arenado and then they were, and then they didn't do it. And now look, would, yeah, they well, definitely should have some, done that. Definitely yeah, should have done the Chris Bryant for Nolan Arenado deal. I don't know what made that fall through. Was it the pandemic? 
I don't even remember. I, I well, but you're right. That definitely should have happened. And, and look, they have the Rockies have Chris Bryant now, and the Cubs could have had Nolan Arenado, and and that would have been incredible. Um, well, we got some stuff for Chris Bryant. We got Killian and uh, Canario for him. Yeah, and they're both interesting, but they're not like the odds that one of those dudes is going to be as valuable as Nolan Arenado. I I'm just like I'm kind of skeptical. I I could be wrong, but I'm kind of skeptical. Cer- they certainly aren't now. Um, let's talk about the rest of these probable pitchers for a second. Uh, so the, the matchups are Adrian Sampson versus Jordan Montgomery. I'm hoping Jordan Montgomery comes back to earth. Cause like, really, he's just been ridiculous. I cannot believe that the Cardinals turned an injured Harrison Bader who has not played a game for the Yankees into Jordan Montgomery. And now the Yankees are like floundering and need pitching. And it's like, what do the Cardinals just Jedi mind trick people when they go into a trade room with them? They just like convince them that things are like valuable that are not valuable. It's uncanny. Uh, Drew Smiley will face off against Adam Wainwright. Smiley has been really good the last few times out. That should be a great matchup. And Marcus Stroman will face off against Miles Michaelis. Danny, what do you see in these pitching matchups? Yeah, well, I mean, Adrian Sampson versus Montgomery. That's kind of looking like a loss right there. The Cardinals hit him really hard last week at Wrigley. And then he he only went 3.1. The only thing I could say is maybe Sampson's rested because he only went a few innings and then they got rid they uh took him off the mound against Milwaukee ended up losing that game because of the four inning covid thing and so cuz he wasn't or he's not vaccinated so he didn't go there so he hasn't pitched much I'll say that much uh Smiley Wainwright that's that's a one nothing ball game I don't know who ends up winning it um Stroman uh we hit uh we hit versus Michaelis we hit Michaelis quite well they hit Stroman even better the Cardinals numbers against Stroman are just insane and not in a good way as for if you're a Cubs fan. Like it is awful. Like I'll give you a couple numbers here. Um, Corey Dickerson, who's seen him the most. Uh, here's what he's slashing. 432 batting average, 444 OBP, 750 slugging with three home runs. Arenado, it's a uh, it's a lit, it's uh, not that impressive. It's fine, but um go Paul Goldschmidt. 467, 556, 1.133 with three home runs. Um, Albert Pujols, 357, 375, 429. Um, Tommy Edmond, 417, 417, 417. Just got five hits and 12. I mean, it just goes on like that. There are some guys that don't do too well, but like even Lars Newtbar gets in the act. The numbers are bad, but Michaelis, we're, we're okay against him. We've seen him a lot. The, you know, so I'm saying take the over. That's all I'm saying. Like, it, so you're going to have one game that we just kind of like lose in a normal way. Game one, that's tonight. Game two, I don't know who wins, but it's a pitcher's duel. Game three, you know, is going to be a total mess. Runs upon runs upon runs upon runs. Take the over if you're a gambling person. And I don't know who wins the, the, the pitcher's duel, and I don't know who wins the slugfest. Yeah, it's going to be pretty wild. I really want the Cubs to sweep the Cardinals here because right now the Cardinals have won 10 games in the series this season. The Cubs have won six. If the Cubs were to win all three, it would get it back to 10 and nine, which is totally respectable for your division rival. And I just don't see a path to it. Like I look at the, I look at where the Cardinals are batting right now. I look at where the Cubs are batting right now. I look at where the Cardinals are pitching right now. I look at where the Cubs are pitching right now. I look at where the teams are in terms of what they're trying to accomplish and the Cardinals actually wanting to win games while the Cubs are like, let's see if Eric Uleman can figure it out today. Like I just, everything about this 
looks like the Cubs are going to get swept. And I, I really hope I'm wrong. I hope that the Cubs walk into St. Louis and decide that they want to make St. Louis not boring. And so they're going to sweep St. Louis today. And I just, I don't know, man, it's, it seems like a trap. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's trap for anybody, I mean, it could be a trap for the Cardinals because they just played Cincy, although they did beat them handily uh, a few times. Uh you know, they, then they've got us, then they've got Washington for four. So they might be looking at this being like, all right, let's set up. We're obviously going to make the postseason at this point. Let's start setting things up for ourselves, giving the guys the rest and whoever's banged up there, you know, we're going to, now we're going to take a look at our September call-ups and give some guys some IL time and, you know, rest them and things like that, you know, and cause they've got, listen to their schedule. I mean, it's ridiculous. Chicago, DC, Pittsburgh, until they finally face Milwaukee for two. Then they play Cincinnati again for five games. Then they got the Padres and Dodgers who are hard, but by that time they should have probably already clinched the division. So, um, you know, yeah. The only thing I could think is they won't have their foot on the gas right now. And we could like come away with at least a win or two. You know, Danny, I think that this podcast is going to have to morph into a Stop the Cardinals podcast for September and October. I mean, I I, I cannot handle the Cardinals winning a World Series and the last ride of Pujols and Molina. And Get ready. It, apparently, Wayno is like not even announced his retirement yet. He might just come back when he's 43 years old. He shouldn't retire. Why not? He's like a great pitcher and he's doing just fine. Him and Rich Hill have both appear to have found the fountain of youth with those curveballs. They're just like, I'm just going to keep getting you out, keep getting you out, keep getting you out until I can't anymore. It's, it's like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't retire if I was Adam Wainwright either. Um, Danny, as we have this Stop the Cardinals series, like, barreling down where can people find you and your takes about these Cubs Cardinals games and hopefully praying fingers crossed toes crossed all the luck in the world burn some incense whatever maybe the Cubs could win two of these games yeah somebody drive down to St. Louis and sage the place will you um yeah uh man uh well you can find find me at sunranto that's where all my takes are so yeah we're gonna go we're gonna have a special Labor Day show because the Cubs decided not to play for no yeah, reason. What's up with that? That's so weird. So we're going to, we're going to get together a little like, l- like lunchtime thing. We got a comedian named Billy DeVore coming on. Very funny guy. He's a Cincinnati Reds fan. He does a Reds show called the new nasty boys. And he's going to come on to preview the Reds series at Wrigley uh, next week with us. So that, that should be a heck of a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to, to that. And um, then me and Sarah will probably do our next show then too. Yeah, probably on Labor Day. I am actually going to be, my parents are coming to Chicago for the first time. Uh, They had not come with all the pandemic stuff and everything. And so I am showing them the great city of Chicago for the first time. We're going to do all the fun things. We're going to hit up Kingston Mines. We're going to go down to the Los White Sox soccer jersey game. Have you been to that game? That is my favorite White Sox game of the year. Uh, No. What day is that going to be? That's on Sunday. Sunday. It's on Sunday. It's a day game. It is, in my opinion, okay, you know, this is a rant for another day, but the White Sox do really good giveaways. Uh, and the White Sox soccer jersey is a great giveaway. They they give you a choice of sizes. You can get a medium or you can get an extra large. So, like, I don't have to wear a shirt that's going to be a night shirt. Like, I can get a shirt that I can actually wear as a human being. They bring in mariachi bands. They do a bunch of, like, Latino uh, um tailgating and stuff out in the parking lots. I mean, it's just a very cool experience. So we're going to go down to the Los White Sox game on Sunday. And then uh, we're going to head back up to the north side, take them to do a tour of Wrigley Field, get them 
into a Cubs game on Tuesday to see the Reds. It's going to, it's going to be a jam packed Sanchez family fun filled weekend here uh, on the North side of Chicago. And I'm pretty excited about it. That's awesome. Well, I hope you, I hope I get to meet them and I hope that I know that they're going to have a great time and the weather looks pretty good. And um, yeah, it's a, I hope you guys have a blast. Yeah. Show them the best that Chicago has to offer. Give them some beef sandwiches. Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna hit up. We're gonna hit up Al's. We're gonna do the whole thing. We're gonna we're gonna do all the Chicago stuff. Head down by the lake, see what it's like on on a holiday weekend. But we will check out your show for sure. You can find my baseball takes at, at @bcb underscore Sarah. See how me and my parents are faring on this holiday weekend in Chicago. We hope you and yours are faring safely and that you have an outstanding holiday weekend as you get back to school, back to work, doing all that jazz. Uh, And we will get back to Chicago Cubs baseball, hopefully celebrating some wins against the Cardinals. But I have very little hope right now. It feels like the devil magic is just too strong for the Cubs to overcome. But you never know. Every now and again, baseball is going to baseball. And if it does, you'll hear about it here on Cup of Cubby Blue. Until next time. Bye.